0: Welcome to the Going Deeper podcast with Shane Dwyer, chance to break open things that lie at the heart of the Catholic faith. Each month, Shane will be in discussion with a different guest who is seeking to live out their Catholic faith today. Thank you for joining us.
1: Welcome to our weekly podcast series on different aspects of living the Catholic Christian faith today. My name is Shane Dwyer and I'm your host throughout the series. And each month I'm joined by a different guest who, who brings their thoughts and experience to our discussion. So this week we are once again joined by Natasha Merendorf. Tash, as I said last week, is part of the Children and Families Ministry team at Evangelisation Brisbane. And as always, we'll be discussing a little about our favourite passages of Scripture as they help us understand this faith that is so central to our lives. So the topic we have in mind today is... A place to meet God. So, Tash, lovely to see you again.
0: Shane. how's your week been? It
1: <laughs> hasn't been too bad at all. <laughs> the uh, this seems to have flown by, but the uh, but I, as I was reading out the introduction here, I, I was reminded that you know of your ministry at the moment as um, part of the children and families team. You know, just briefly, if if you if you banged into somebody who asked you what, what that is, mm-hmm. um, you know, just in a in a few sentences, what would you say?
0: So part of what we do is we create resources, do training, uh, and come alongside people in parishes and communities who are working with children in their context. Often it's in sacramental preparation, children's liturgy of the word, um, also just uh, trying to bring them together and bring children's ministry to the front as well. So these things can often happen in silos, but we recognise when you care for a child and you nurture them in faith, you nurture the whole family. You bring a place where the whole family can be invited into. And, um, and yeah, so it's not just uh, kind of sometimes we reshape it as not the babysitting service of the church, but this is formation for our youngest disciples. Mm.
1: It strikes me as an importantly, um, well, a very important ministry. Um, I think, too, you know, one of the things we can do, you know, as adults who are working in that, you know, if, if we're in a parish and what have you, trying to trying to keep up to date with good resources can be quite hard. Yeah. Something that worked for, for for little kids 15 years ago uh, isn't going to work for those, no, the same demographic yeah. today.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's something that we do is we offer these free weekly resources that accompany the Sunday gospel. Included with it, we have a a message for children, a craft, a activity, and a prayer. And the idea of that being that um, people work in lots of different contexts. You might have an hour with children on Sundays, you might have 10 minutes. And so taking a look at kind of what a bit of a smorgasbord. I'm going to take that and I'm going to use that. Well, that's given me an idea to use this, and so, giving a kind of a broader resource um, that's contemporary and relevant to children today, and using some um, contemporary models, like we'll use videos or um, lots of different things, and um, and just making it a little bit easier because we realised that a lot of people they're, gonna, they're giving of their time already. So we want the majority of the time that they spend being face-to-face with the children in ministry, not 90% of it being getting stuff ready and researching resources and printing them out. Like, let's make that side a lot easier for you so you can focus on what's really important.
1: Yeah, because often the, uh, the, the women and men who are involved in this ministry in our parishes are, are time poor.
0: Yeah, mm. absolutely. Mm. So let's respect that time. And where we can do a bit of the legwork, we'll do that so you can do the really important job.
1: Yeah. Okay, so that's given us a little bit of context of what it is that you do, Tash. And uh, I suppose as part of that, um, one of the things that you 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 would be familiar with is, is, is how to talk about God with um, with little people. Yes. You know?
0: <laughs> Sometimes I think it's a bit easier to talk to God about God to children than it is to adults.
1: Mm. So you know, we're going to call on that a little bit today, I suppose, and, and and get some of Tash's insights into into how this this faith of ours works. Um, but Tesh, we got so uh, the, the passage that I sent through to you for this morning is uh, is Mark's account of the Transfiguration. Um, would you mind reading it out for us? Yes,
0: I would love to. I really love this story. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus.
1: So this is one of those passages of scripture where um, most of us would be familiar enough with the scene. The transfiguration is um, so specific. You know, you can't confuse it with uh, with anything else. Uh, and this is Mark's uh, uh, account of this. It's, if you want to look it up, it's it's Mark 9, uh, 2 to 8. Tash, as you were um, getting prepared just to read that a few minutes ago, um, you said, I really love this passage of scripture. Um, what is it about it that you really love?
0: I think, oh, I think it's a good story. It's a really good story. Like I can just imagine Peter, James and John running and I don't know if this is one of those times where Jesus says don't tell anybody yet (laughs) but um Peter James and John just bursting to tell this story and and share this incredible thing that's happened I think I just love stories I'm really like a good story and um and I can just almost picture just being in the crowd and be like oh my gosh then what happened what happened and then and then there was this cloud and then we heard this voice and it spoke and um these moments, these stories like this, can just be so upbuilding for our own faith when we have these incredible encounters with God. Um, and I just, this, I think this is one of those experiences for Peter and James and John that as they were the apostles, they went and carried the gospel across the lands. I'm so sure that this would be an experience they fell back on time and time again, that when things were getting really tough and things were getting really hard. Mm-hmm. We don't doubt this. We saw what we saw. We saw him appear with Moses and Elijah. We know he is the true God. And, um, and it would have just carried them in faith through those hardest times, I think.
1: Mm, I think that's true. And I think it's, it's interesting to me. I, this is Mark's account. And from, from my uh, scriptural studies, uh, I, I recall that uh, Mark, who wasn't one of the original 12, and so wasn't there mm. in this, um, but was a disciple of Peter's. And so he
0: would have been in that crowd hearing it and be like, "Oh, that's a really cool story. I'm going to write this down." Absolutely
1: <laughs> would have you know and, uh, and so he would have got it from the horse's mouth, if you like, and uh, and uh, and got Peter's take on on the significance of this. Mm. you know and that's how faith is is, uh, is often passed down, isn't it? You know the, the experiences that we have and the understanding that we have and the encounter that we have with Christ can be shared for other people. It's Peter, James, and John become witnesses. Um, to this event um being a witness that that, that's quite something isn't it
0: it is it is it really is i've um had the fortune or misfortune to be a witness in court before and you you got to be certain you got to be sure of your facts because they do get tested they do come up and answer and what happened here and what happened at this time and what happened and I remember um, my background's in youth ministry. And one of the things you're taught in youth ministry is the power of your testimony, the power of your witness, because it's your story. It's your experience. So when you say, I felt this or I had this encounter with Jesus, nobody can go, no, that didn't happen. No, 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 you can't. That di-. You're like, no, this was my story. I know what happened to me. And that has just... A great strength in it, I think.
1: Mm, I think that is true, and I think there's there's seldom something more powerful than somebody giving a first account, um, testimony, if you like, or, mm. or uh, to uh, to what's actually happened for them. Um, the uh, you know just sort of though, as I as I think about that and and what does it mean. You know, sometimes, you know, over the years I've been involved in the, um, and I am now, uh, in the area of evangelisation. You know, and it's one of those terms Catholics don't warm to, has been my experience. Yeah. Because um, we don't quite know what to do with it. Um, we
0: feel like it gets a bit soapboxy at times. It like, does, yeah. a- and we're
1: afraid because our experience of evangelization is often being evangelised by other people. Mm-hmm. That is, somebody knocking on the door saying, you know, um, uh, say it might be the Jehovah's Witnesses or it might be the Mormons or it yeah. might be whoever, uh, and you think, hmm, if that's evangelization, I don't want to do that. Um, so how would, you know, I'm going to throw you under the bus with this one because <laughs> I, I didn't warn you we were going to do this, but it just occurred to me, is... Um, as Catholics, you know where do we start with evangelization?
0: you gotta start with yourself, I think Shane you' got to start with your own story you can you can go with logic and there are absolutely people who have been who've read themselves into the Catholic faith for sure but um you I mean, talk about your experience you say, you know what I can't tell you what it is for you, but I can tell you what faith is to me and who Jesus is to me and this is who he is and then. What are they going to say? Like, no, no, he's not that. No, he can't be. But when you are authentic in that as well, when you're real about it, people can see that. People can go, oh, you're not just making this up. You're not trying to, um, you know, put rose-tinted glasses on it. You're not trying to molly it. It's it's real and um, it's attractive Mm -hmm. as well. When you do have that authentic encounter with God, you share it authentically as well that is attractive, people see that, and you go, oh, I think I want a piece of that. Mm.
1: I think that's true. I think, too, there will be people listening to this um, who will be thinking, look, I've never had an experience like that, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and it's lovely that um, that you have, and, and what have you, um, but what do they do next? If, if they feel like they've never really experienced God in that way, what do they do next, do you think? What would you advise them to do?
0: Yeah, because it... We can kind of fall into that trap of comparison in faith really badly like oh well that person's had that experience and they can do this and they can get up on speaking on the stage and do all these things well it's why don't i get that god why isn't he like that for me and oh that can really undercut your faith that can really undercut your trust in god as well like why are you so so much closer to them than you are to me um but I think, again, it's, uh, well, how are we viewing God? We talked about this a little bit in last week's episode. Like, mm. how are you seeing God? Are you seeing him how you would respond with maybe you play favorites, like, which we can do as people? Mm. Um, but that's not God. Like, we are all his sons and daughters. Mm. And so where he meets you might not be in the same place he yeah. met that other person. Mm. And mm. when we talk about a place to meet God, like mm. we are in this episode, mm. don't fall into the trap to think a place is a location. like. Mm. Peter, James, and John, they went up that mountain. And in the Bible, people often go up mountains to meet God. They go to a place. They went to the temple. We can fall into that trap. I go to church and I meet God there, or I go to the chapel. or um, I have a nice spot in nature and I meet God there. Um, But God is in us. He is Mm. so close. He's within us. Um, Mm. This is where we meet God.
1: I think that's absolutely true. And I often think that... um, first of all you know if i'm talking to somebody who's really they may not be struggling they just may even be indifferent to this it's like well this never happened to me and it's got nothing to, to do with me and uh and and i obviously look okay but a little bit like we were saying in our last uh conversation you start with where you are and uh and if where you are is uh I'm somebody who, who wants to experience God in my life, uh, and I never have, or at least if I have, I didn't realise it at the time. Yeah. Uh, and what does it mean to talk to God about that? Yeah. And say, God, I, I'd, if you've been at work in my life, I'd really love to see it. Uh, or if I've, if I've been ignoring it or avoiding it, um, help me.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: and that's again the place of humility, really, isn't it?
0: It is. It really is. It's. It's going and thinking God has to come in these big, bold, extravagant experiences um, because that is God. He is big and he is bold and extravagant. But we know God humbles Himself. He did it first. He humbled Himself to the form mat to a baby in the uterus. He humbles Himself into this wafer of bread. Uh, and so he humbles himself to meet us on our terms mm. where we need to meet him as well, not where we think we would meet him, but where we will. And um, and I think it is it really is that trap of going, I, go- I don't experience God that way. Um, but it's oh, I, I had a prayer time earlier in the year and I felt really clearly God say to me, I have gospel eyes and sin." look through everything through the eyes of the gospel the lens of the gospel of where to encounter christ and it's really changed a lot of things for me this year and and places to meet god has been one of them and i have just i've i've started to look at myself with gospel eyes it's one of the very first places i was like look in the mirror and look at myself with gospel eyes and and come to that kind of, I forget where the scripture is, but I am the dwelling place of the Lord. I am that. Peter wanted to make the tents and keep them up on the mountain. But this this heart of mine, that is the tent. That's the dwelling place yeah. of the Lord. And um, mm. if if, each, if we were baptized, we were given the mm. spirit of the Lord at our baptism. And it's, I forget what the words of baptism are, but it's you are incorporated into the yeah. church. It's yeah. this, you're not incorporated into a building building. You incorporate into this relationship with God, and that is two way, and mm. it's He is within you, whether you know it or whether you feel it or not. And um, mm. it's easier for you to kind of I, I think I put in notes like it's easier for you to breathe out every cell of oxygen and every molecule of oxygen in your body than it is to remove the spirit from within you. Mm. And so, if we start to realize that this place where I can meet God is right here, He's already with me, He has never mm. left me. Mm maybe we need to think of those things a little differently okay well how do i listen what do i how do i listen to god how can i connect with him if i don't have to go to him if he's already come to me mm. does that does that change how we approach our prayer
1: mm. well, i think it it changes it quite significantly and can be a little bit daunting too for some people it's like uh I'm happy enough to believe in god and I, and I hope that you know as i I get to the end of my life and God calls me sort of beyond that, um, that God will be there for me and and I can go to heaven and all that yeah and, and so god is is part of my life, but is um A sort of a reference point outside myself uh, that I'm trusting will be there, um, sort of at the end, uh, and then take care of the rest because I don't even can't even imagine what the rest is like. Um, And often when I talk to people of faith, that that, that's that's their relationship um, with that, and and I don't judge that. We're all different places and what have you. But the thing you're talking about here is. God wants to move from being just a significant reference point in our lives mm. to actually being at the heart of our lives uh, and, and, in fact, um, is at the very centre of who we are. You know, we've been baptised and confirmed and what have you. We've, we've been immersed in this, yeah. uh, and yet we, we can live as if we haven't been.
0: Because oh, if we really, I mean, it's a bit mind-blowing to try and think of that, but if we really do live as though God is in me, it changes everything, everything you do. Now has to have the accountability of Christ in me. So when I'm parenting or when I'm with my partner, I've got to have Christ in me as I'm a mother, as I'm a wife. I've got to have Christ in me as I'm a colleague and I'm in the work. I've got to have Christ in me um, when I'm like driving down the highway and I'm getting cut off by somebody who doesn't know how to merge. (laughs) Somewhere Christ, I just forget Christ is in me when I'm driving often, (laughs) and I try really hard to. But um, I've got to have, I've got to live every part of my life. And that's, yeah, that's really daunting. I mean, you've mm-hmm. got to shift. I've heard people say to me, um, like, oh, I don't want that personal relationship with God because I know things will have to change and I'm comfortable. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do. And they ca- they're so reluctant because they know that they should. They know that that's what God is calling them to. But,
1: mm.
0: yeah, like, you got to live... Like you are the dwelling place of the Lord, and not just that Christ is in me. But when people come to you, they will encounter Christ. They will mm-hmm. see the face of Christ first, and yeah. Sometimes I kind of don't want that responsibility.
1: Sometimes we don't, and sometimes, as I say, we can feel a bit overwhelmed by that because we become aware of the ways in which we fail, mm. you know, and uh, and that can make us despondent or. Sort of think that it's pointless to try and all that. I often think of that, you know, um, the, the dynamic of the mass and and the you know, and the the different parts of the liturgy and everything. And um, I, I think of that ar- around the you know the beginning, the penitential rite, the yeah. Lord have mercy and the Christ have mercy. I was talking to a group the other day and said, you know, what do you think we we're asking mercy for here? Um, it's not. You know, here's my list of sins. Um, it's at the end of the last mass, I was sent out to go and proclaim the gospel with my life, um, that that people actually recognise Jesus Christ in me. Yeah. And uh, and uh, and I've struggled with that, and I, I tried, and I fell over, and and all those sort of things. And so I, I'm I'm gathered back again into the community, and I say, Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Yeah. Because yeah, I I wasn't able always to be you. Uh, Since we, we, like, no. we never
0: will, like we never, like we can try really, really hard, but obviously God is God. And mm. We'll always fall short. We're making it sound really hard, aren't we? Um, like God, oh, this is yeah. really. Hard. Well, I think
1: there's good news in all this, <laughs> you know, because um, Jesus is—he um, well, is the good news, you know. And yeah. so, what's the good news in this? The good news is that yes, we we become aware of the life that God is calling us to. And we keep going back to God and saying, look, these are the things that I'm struggling with. And the good news is God says, look, I love you, and you're my son, you're my daughter, uh, and and I will heal you, and I will bring this about in you yeah. if you keep returning to me. Uh, so that takes the takes the burden off us.
0: It does. And there's a grace that goes with that as well. When we are close to God, when we're close to the Spirit, we get those fruits of the Spirit, those things in life that are just consequences of being close to God. Um, the fruit of love, the fruit of joy, the fruit of patience, the fruit of self-control, the fruit of generosity, I'm look I'm going to test myself, I'm going to forget them all now. <laughs> you're doing well. This is my confirmation <laughs> sacramental preparation coming out of me. but these are the things that um, that's the good news of this when when life, when we live life close to Christ and close to his spirit and and trying to share that, the good things, the good news, the good fruits just fall out of us, and and they, these choices to to bring Christ into every interaction and into every relationship, they get like second nature. They become ha- habitual, and um, and that's what we can build on. And mm-hmm. I've I've totally done life not with Christ, not um, not leaning into Him, not thinking I'm close to Him. And it's hard. It's actually much harder than trying to bring Christ into this world and trying to seek Him out and and recognizing that He's with me. Like mm. we might sound, make it sound that being a disciple is challenging, and it is. Mm. But man, it's it's so much better than any other experience I've ever had in life.
1: Yeah, I often think you know you use the fruit imagery that sort of comes to us from Paul. A uh, part of that I find the same difficulty remembering the fruits and the gifts of the Spirit, mainly because. They're a compilation in the Catechism from different passages of Scripture, yes. and, uh, and and it's like oh, okay, but um the uh but you know we get the idea that that these these beautiful things start to manifest themselves in our lives. But I think of it in terms of a tree. You know, the tree producing beautiful fruit, but the tree isn't sitting there thinking, "How do I produce this fruit?" The, the tree does it naturally. If it is connected to a water source and a nutrient source uh, yes. and uh, and then it just happens yep. and uh, and I often think in terms of the spiritual life just make w- w- what 's your water source you know what 's your nutrient yes. source are you connecting yourself into Christ uh, and the fruits will take care of themselves
0: Yeah, absolutely yeah that 's the thing you got to focus on don 't try and focus on having more patience, having more joy having more love. Focus on that source of yeah. life, that source, your faith. Yeah. The rest will flow. Yeah, okay. and
1: and where are you drawing your your your, um, your sustenance from? Mm-hmm. And and most of us, it's a bit mixed. Mm. Um, you know we um yeah yeah we you know we go to mass and we we might pray occasionally and we do all those sorts of things and that's good. You know, God, yeah. God bless everybody trying to do that. Um, but I also do such and such. You know, and uh and I'm into um. You know, the horoscope and um uh and I'm in and I follow this particular uh person even though what he talks about has got nothing to do with our faith and everything. But I get really I got five
0: f- crystals <laughs> under my pillow. And-
1: <laughs> you know, so you've got all that stuff going yeah. on and uh or you know, I'm just um I'm drawing my information from a skewed uh media source or what have you. Mm-hmm. And I think while we've got to pay attention to the various things that come our way from, you know, the world and in inverted commas. Um, it's really important for us every now and then to reevaluate where am I drawing my spiritual strength from, yeah. and is it primarily from God and Christ, or have other things got into the water source that are slightly poisoning me? Mm-hmm. And that could be challenging, can't it?
0: Yeah, especially if you're not used to thinking, where am I drawing from? Where it, what's my source? Um, I'm, I love to read and I love to listen to podcasts and audio books and things like that. So. And this can happen to, I think, a lot of us in this day and age where there's input 24-7. and it's, it's, It used to be it was easy to turn into, like tune into. Now it's harder to tune out of. Mm-hmm. Um, but recognizing actually with all this input I get every single day, uh, what, is, what is bringing me life? What is mm-hmm. bearing fruit in my life? And actually what is just not helping me?
1: What well, is not helping. And what do I need to take a break from every now and then? Yeah. Because we can't, we can't cut yeah. out everything, and it's not always ideal that we do, because if, if we actually, as you uh, referenced earlier about having gospel eyes, if I can listen to something with gospel eyes, then I recognize what's authentic and what yeah. isn't, and it doesn't do me any harm. Mm-hmm. Um, the, but every now and then we need a break. I often think that's what Lent is for. You know that, that that's that's the God-given opportunity for us to simplify things and just pay attention to what's important. Yeah. So that. Outside land We can actually Recognise what's True and what Isn't
0: Yes definitely
1: mm. Look Tash Once again Look we've uh, our, our, our time has Flown by And uh, you know And here we, we've Been talking about What it means To you know A place to Meet God And, uh, and you know This reflection Is on um, you know The mountain They went up The mountain And there they Encountered something And then you've Picked up on the Fact you know That, that God comes To meet us In all sorts of Ways and in all Sorts of different Places mm-hmm. and it's Just about paying attention to that and um, but also geographically at times sometimes we've got to think okay if I'm going to sit and pray for a while where's that place going to be yeah know, have I got a place around home where uh, I can just sit down for 10 minutes and uh, and know that uh, that I can be still Mm -hmm. Uh, and if I can't find that around home because the little kids are running (laughs) around and doing all that well what else am I going to do you know and uh, and if we can find that place and that, that, that little routine, uh, then we can also begin to recognise God uh, in the places of our daily oh, lives. he'll
0: just keep interrupting your life. You give him 10 minutes in the morning and he'll pop up all day long. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. I noticed one of the things that you said before was um, standing in front of the mirror looking at yourself in, uh, with, in gospel eyes.
0: Oh, that can be hard. That can be really challenging. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> Self-image and <laughs> positive talk and all that sort of stuff. but. Yeah. But yeah, and like you're saying, like what are the things that you, the inputs you give yourself that really don't bear life? Yeah. Maybe it's a, a, it might be a woman thing, maybe yeah. it's not, but um, the way we can view ourselves can yeah. be really, can really cut ourselves down. But we start yeah. to just think, actually, that, that person in the mirror, that is a temple of the Lord, and yeah. I better start talking about them a lot nicer. <laughs> That's right.
1: And then that the, the person that you're looking at in the mirror is deeply loved by God. Yeah. yeah and it's is all yeah. right.
0: She's away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, look, we'll call a halt there. Just uh, you know, just give some thought to some of the things that've been talked about today, and your own encounter with God, and remember not to get overwhelmed by, oh well, it doesn't happen for me like that. Well, that's fine. That you talk to God about that and say, okay, God, I, I I I need to see you at work in my life, and I don't always see that, and lead me and heal me and show me the way forward. Uh, God will never reject a prayer like that. No way. So God bless everybody. We'll talk to you again next week.